Hello and welcome to Comadres Comics. This is episode 38. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. How are you guys doing? It's doing. been a while. I'm doing good. I'm getting over a cold, so I'm going to tell you now that I'm a little raspy. Um, and I'm going to try to not cough as much as I probably really need to. <laughs> she has been dead on her feet, like, for a couple days now. Yes, Eddie got sick. From when he traveled to Washington to Rencon, and then um, I would say probably about four days after he started feeling sick, I started. I thought I had missed it, and I started feeling sick. And oh man, it's really wiped me out. Um, it was like a head cold situation, but it just zapped my energy. Like I was in bed at least three times over the week um, before five o'clock. Wow. <laughs> They almost got me infected, but then I was able to, like, because one day I was just so fatigued, and I get, like, I would get, I had, like, vertigo, but I didn't end up getting sick. I, like, just took a very, very long nap. Yeah. Yeah. Rest then, really has been helpful, so. Yeah, and then I got better. But I'm getting better. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad. I, um, I just, I just take naps just because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so being sick, I know that that, like, really wears on you. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes, I am. Thank you. So any, uh, let's just go right into it. How about Chisme de la Semana, Jen? What do you got for us? I have, well, I have some very funny Chisme. And it may, it might, it's a bit of old news now, but uh, a couple, has it been two weeks now, I think? That Batman Dam number one it's came out. It's been two weeks, yes. Yeah. It's been two weeks since the infamous batman dick comic came out <laughs> and to those who, to those who don't know first of all dc comics has decided to put out a new label a new run i guess imprint a new imprint yes a new imprint of comics called dc black label which is supposed to be i guess like their marvel knights mm-hmm. or their like max series max yeah <clears throat> That's what I thought of. But when I heard of it. But I mm-hmm. thought uh, Marvel Max was more like DC Vertigo. But now they're doing DC Black label. Black label. Black, Black label. Mm-hmm. Okay. With specifically with that title, Black Label. And oh, so is this more like an X-rated stuff? I don't know anything about it. So please. <laughs> <laughs> I think they themselves are trying to figure that out as well. <laughs> Because the thing, if those of you who don't know, um, um, Batman Damned, it was done by Brian Azzarello and, oh, who was the writer? I should have this information on hand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most people will recognize Brian Azzarello's name offhand. Oh, yes. Um, but, so, when it was supposed to be a more serious, darker, grittier Batman uh, more mature Batman. First of all, <laughs> that just makes me laugh. I mean, that makes how me much laugh more too. mature, <laughs> how dirty, much, and gritty how do you gr- want Batman to get? <laughs> he already lives underground in a freaking cave, the Bat Cave. <laughs> what does he have to do? Does he have to be literally covered in mud? That's how. Is that how grittier it has to be? But anyways, um, back to this. Batman uh, Damn was basically the launch of this one. And in the comic... And if you haven't heard, somehow, because <laughs> it really blew up, um, in the comic itself, we get a shot of Batman's dick. Like, <laughs> okay, look, and this is where... <laughs> a, a little side view. <laughs> a little, little, little side note, but they could have done better. They like if they it like it was very understated. It was so understated, and people were blowing up about it. I'm just like, just for the like the 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 shadow the shadow of a dick. That's literally it. And I'm just like, like oh come on. So like, is he a shower or a grower? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just how it was drawn, I, it gives me the impression that Batman is half hard all the time. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god, I, dude! I just got chills. Honestly, <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's on brand, though. Dude, I, I yeah. seriously felt something in the nether regions. Like, my mind just went, just went really... Like, I wasn't expect to... I did not expect to be that blown away when you said it. Sorry, I I gotta get my mind out of the gutter right now because I'm I'm all I'm all flushed. You're, you're flustered. Oh my god! I didn't know this is the direction we were going, but I didn't here either. We are. I wasn't expecting to feel this much about it. It's a cartoon character. It's a comic. Like really. Anyways, okay. So this blew up, and we have been. F- I am still every once in like at least uh, once a day still 
whenever I'm working. Oh, being asked. Being yeah. asked if we have Batman Dam number one. Mm-hmm. Because once it got out, once it hit the internet, those comics flew yeah. off of the shelves. And here's another thing is that they weren't conveniently comic size. This is like like, like yes, a magazine it was magazine size. Oh, magazine wow. size okay. book. And it took up a lot of space. So honestly, I was just like, I was partially annoyed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, why is this book so goddamn big? And now, now we kind of know. It's <laughs> funny because I was there on Wednesday. I feel like I was there in the morning for some reason. Or was it a Thursday? You were. Because uh, I opened on Wednesdays. Uh-huh. So, um, um, no, I think Eddie, did Eddie cover for me? Because he needed to go. I don't remember, someplace? but I remember that I was there the very next day. Mm-hmm. And um, people were coming in left and right. And people were calling. And every phone call was about that darn book. And there was so much hype in the store that people that weren't even there for the book were buying multiple copies because they were like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And like, it I was like, get my hands it on was this. such a frenzy. Wow. Yeah, it was like a freaking freeding frenzy. And now that book is going, one of the books is going for $60. And here yeah. is why. They are not reprinting it. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. The They were going to, but they were going to censor Batman's censor, uh, yes. dick out of it. Aww. And they were going to take it out. <laughs> But why? And, that caused, that, was and that, ca- that caused even more. And now they've just decided to not reprint it at all. They said wow. because mm-hmm. the actual panels that contained that artwork did nothing to drive the story along. So they were going to go ahead and just censor it out because mm-hmm. of all of the uproar. And one of the things that I kept hearing or seeing about people who were like very upset about it was this is uh, Batman is a, a comic for children. I'm like people. People mm-hmm. saying that are not reading Batman. <laughs> oh, they are definitely not. <laughs> like, have you met the Joker? <laughs> have have you met Harley? S- have they not seen a single Batman movie? Did they not see Anne Hathaway in the cat suit? Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Batman I mean, is a power fantasy. And it's a power fantasy for grown people and for teenagers. Like, that's that's their age range. Like, 13 to, like, 34. 13 like, to, like, 60. I mean, no, it, yeah. it's it's a book about what happens when somebody suffers severe tr- psychological trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the at the end of the day, that's what Batman is. Yeah, that's the so, character. Yeah, and so I'm just all like, yeah, Batman. I mean, like, yeah, you have the animated series, and that's for kids and stuff like that. But like, specifically, the Black Label itself. Why are you? They 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 advertised it as being right. Uh, like kind of like not X-rated. We weren't really sure what it was, but it was supposed mature. to be mature. Mature. I mean, that's what the max is. It's mature. But then again, people walk into the comic shop and buy the kids Walking Dead. Yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> so Jen, in the beginning, you were right yeah. with the Brian Azzarello. Um, he's actually the writer. The illustrator is Lee Bermejo. Lee Bermejo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he? Ew. What ethnicity is he? I don't know. <coughs> huh. But um, well. Um, not to cut you off, but I saw a Facebook post where there was a uh, somebody who had like a stack of those books, mm-hmm. and it said um, seventy five dollars cash only. Come pick it up. Here, here's the address of Batman Se- Dan yeah. books. Yes, seventy five dollars each, and he had like ten each. Wow, yeah. each. Yeah, that's about how much they're going for. Yeah, so I was really surprised. If you and have I, one of those uh, infamous Batman dick issues, it's worth money now. Um, uh, yeah, I'm who knows sorry. for how long, but who, yeah, who <laughs> knows for how long. But um, uh, banking off of that, continuing on with this, uh, Batman Damn number one will not be reprinted, but uh, Batman Damn number two will have a new has a new on sale date of December fifth. So that's when the next issue is going to come out. And I thinking that they are going to crack down on because, like I said, we're not really sure how far they're willing to take the black label. And I think that we have gotten the explicit, uh, I guess they are going for like, they, cause they're going for nudity, but they're not going to show genitalia basically. Boo. Yeah. And, um, um, <laughs> going off of that, Batman Dam number three will be solicited on January DC previews with an on sale date of March 13th. For number three, you might make me wait, wait till next year. Yeah, they're making us wait till next year. And three months into next year. Yeah, yeah. So you can go ahead and go to your local comic shop and ask for um, um, a pre-order. A pre-order, yes. yes. 
of both issues two and three. We might have to wait for number three because it's not being solicited yet until January. I so. actually never got to even read number one. I had a copy set aside and it got so crazy um, mm-hmm. that we ended up having to bring it uh, to the shop to give to uh, an, em- an employee, uh, what you call it, a customer. Uh, and so I never actually got to read it. So I can't help but wonder Aww. that the fact that they're not going to be reprinting number one, but like, are they going to do graphic novels of this thing? And are they going to censor that? Yeah. And I feel like that, I think this is a situation like they're not really sure what they're going to be doing. Because one, I think they should reprint it in at least the graphic novels they're not going to be reprinting. It's the only way I'm going to be able to read it because I missed issue one. I missed issue one. Like I saw the panel that it was because Eamon had read it and he showed it to me. Uh I I saw the panel too. Yeah. So I saw the infamous panel and I was... I was I was underwhelmed. I was just like, this is what people are losing their freaking minds over. I've seen better stuff on the internet. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is my cheese man. Great, thanks so much for that. All right, guys. Um, Kristen, what time is it? What time is it? It's always beer time, yes. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome sauce. Uh, well, today we have a treat um, for me. I don't know about anybody else, but Sarah is such a good um, beer uh, finder. Beer mom. <laughs> and she always goes and stands in the long lines of the local breweries that have special beers that um, they are releasing, uh, limited releases. Uh, and she has two today from one of my favorite local breweries in Los Angeles, South Bay area called Monkish. And Monkish actually, when they first started, um, did mostly Belgians, but I think they've kind of moved past that and are kind of branching out. Um, but today we, uh, because one of the beers that we have today is actually an American style IPA. So this is something that the name is actually very intriguing to me. It's called Swap Meats. Um, I wonder, I want more information about that. There's no info here really about uh, why it's called that, but <laughs> it's very interesting to me. Um, and uh, it is an ABV of 8.3, so it's a little um, up there. I mean, it is an IPA, but even for an IPA, it's a little bit high. Um, it is a double IPA brewed with Nelson Citra Mosaic and Galaxy Hops. Um, and if you are in the Los Angeles area, Monkish is located at 20311 Southwestern Avenue in Torrance. And that's actually within a mile radius of my home. Very convenient <laughs> to Kristen. <laughs> yes. So this is a limited brew. It's only brewed once. So once this runs out, you will never have the opportunity to um, get it or buy it again. And uh, Jen's holding it up against the light right now. It's very, very, um, like milky, like very opaque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not exactly hazy. Like, um, so. this is kind of like they're, uh, they're kind of like, uh, this is what their brews usually look like. This yes. kind of, this kind of yes. color and uh-huh. this haze, mm-hmm. um, this thick, um, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say muggy, Golden. but this thick, um, orange it almost looks unfiltered right yeah. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well cheers guys it smells so good it's it has the ipa smell for sure oh yeah you actually like how the can looks too Ooh, i like it i like it too that's a very nice it's it's sweet to me it is a little sweet yeah i, I like that mm-hmm um, there is no information on the can. Usually, sometimes they like uh, most people that can their brews like to embellish a lot of description and the inspiration behind. But because yeah. I think, uh, uh-huh. uh, because I think Monkish, they're they're they churn out these releases um, on a weekly basis, and mm-hmm. sometimes two releases. Oh, do they really? Yes, they do. Oh, I didn't know it and, was that. Oh often. yeah, it's sometimes it's a double can release, but on a weekly basis they release at least one. Um, um, oh, sometimes wow. two and occasionally three. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. mo- the, mo- the go-to dates are like Wednesdays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally they'll throw in a Friday and a Saturday. I know. I always see you. I'm, uh, in line. I'm standing in line. <laughs> standing in line again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
Um, so it's really cool. Um, usually, like, because I stand in line, I usually, like, take a comic book. So it's like beer and comics. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really it cool. Snapchat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you get to know everybody there. And, you know, the coolest thing, one of these cute observations that I did was, um, you know how, like, women kind of like their uh, status symbol or like their creativity or whatever, like their self-expression is through a purse, like whatever mm -hmm. purse they have. Uh, with guys, it's the kind of beer uh, carry, carrying case. <laughs> so like the big thing right now, like what I would consider like a Birkin, in uh -huh. in uh in the standard kind of standing in line for beer releases mm -hmm. is uh it's a yeti a yeti uh kind of cooler bag <laughs> and it's like it looks like a yeti or no it's, yeti called, it's called yeti? it's called yeti oh, okay. and it's like goes for like 300 bucks in my mind i was oh. picturing this big uh white fuzzy <laughs> yeah i was just like i was just like a yeti like uh, are they like they're they're like things look like yetis i, I thought that was cute but yeah. if it's just a brand never mind it's a brand it could have been uh, cuter but, but it's a really cool looking uh, looking they'd bag. be looking down yeah. on me with my target bags <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, you people go out of their way to not take like those kind of everyday bags. Oh I mean, my they, gosh! Yeah, it's like I feel that that's a thing. <laughs> so, so quit ruining my beer with these hipster stories. I know. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, ready to review? Mm. Yes. This yeah. is this is Kristen. Um, it's very citrusy to me yes there is that um that quintessential ipa uh bite at the end though but it's not overbearing it's not pow overpowering um it does linger uh, mm -hmm. for sure but i would give this um a very strong full for me mm -hmm. i um i could drink this with a meal i could drink this at a barbecue or you know, just uh, enjoying it as we are mm -hmm. hanging out. So oh, absolutely. I'm I'm looking here to see. I'm looking at our rating to make sure that full. Yeah, I think I'm 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 a full. Yeah, I'm definitely a full as well. Um, I think it's a signature. Um, their signature kind of uh, taste, the one that they they always shoot for, and I think it's nice and crisp. It's really light although it's a 8.3 right yes um and it's it like <laughs> like kristen always says it's a scary beer because you don't really taste it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you have like two you probably are out for the count <laughs> especially on an empty stomach so i'm gonna give it a full as well i really like this and i'm actually gonna give it a rigid because Ooh. i yeah. oh, wow because i it when I first drank it, like the smell, like yeah, uh, like I know how IPA smell now. Yes. Uh, and so I was just like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, definitely an IPA. Uh, but I really like the like, and it's not like like sugar sweet. Uh, right. That's yeah. true. It, A little tarty goodness. Yeah, it has yeah. like it's it's sweet and it's mostly tart. Um, and it does, and you can taste the hops. Mm -hmm. But I don't actually mind this one because it's like a little nip yeah. at the at the tip of my tongue. So I and it lingers, but it's not like a bad lingering. It's yeah. not overpowering. So I I really really like this. This is really really good. So I am giving it a rigid. This is something that this I is would amazing. This is a, this is a <laughs> this is a moment in history in our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it is that that Jen gives it a, a a greater review than we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, so. I love it. And if we were um doing number ratings a full is a four out of five which is what both sarah and i did and a rigid is a five out of five so yes uh jen uh and an, an ipa at that jen rating an ipa a rigid that's pretty yeah. that is a, a moment of history moment of history <laughs> nice yeah, all right yeah. guys that's awesome so if you get a chance or if you're doing beer trading it's definitely something to go out and try to acquire all right guys now it's time for our book review today we're doing books 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 plural plural <laughs> and they are all by the same author Excuse me. Yes, his name is Anthony Mendez. And Sarah, you actually met Anthony in person, didn't you? Yes, I did. And he's wonderful. He's kind. He's very nice. He's very excited about his projects. And he's also the narrator of Jane the Virgin. 
when you told me that, I was so excited. Yeah. To, I mean, I, I've only watched the first probably season and a half of Jane the Virgin because I was in the middle of watching it when we moved and then we didn't have cable anymore. And I had a whole bunch of shows that were on my DVR that I ended up losing. And so I've never gone back to catch up and now i think i would need to start over but i love that show it kind of reminded me of kind of being in the vein of like fun soap opery like um ugly betty kind of mm-hmm. 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 Um, and yeah, yeah and the narration uh over it oh, the narrator so is fun. like so good and makes it so funny yes so mm-hmm. when you said that i was like oh my gosh that's awesome yeah i totally had to have like one of those moments because you guys know i'm the nervous one <laughs> i'm the one who like breaks out into weird sweats uh so what i did is like i i you know kind of psyched myself out Mm -hmm. and then i went over to his table and then i i said you know what i always sweat i always get nervous but i do want to interview you so i'm just gonna chat with you until i feel comfortable enough not to sweat on camera (laughs) and he's like sure that's perfect so then we were talking and stuff and it was really he's super nice and he was so patient and finally i set up my tripod i put the video on because it was going to be initially a video interview Mm -hmm. and i had my microphone and then i climbed under the table to get to him and (laughs) and then we're talking and it was such such a great interview we had it it was i learned so many cool things he was so nice and um and then the audio did not come out on the video Mm. so all there is is like a like a hum yeah so yeah but you can watch the video <laughs> on Instagram. You can watch the video. <laughs> yes. and you can lip sync. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? If you read, if you guys yeah. want to do bad lip reading, you can totally do that. <laughs> Send it to us. We'll post it up on our Instagram. Um, but yeah, it didn't come out. Uh, but he was kind enough to say that if we ever wanted to interview him, he was cool with it. Yeah. Uh, and don't I remember you saying that he was uh, totally inviting us to come do like a tour? Yes, uh, of uh, the set. Yes. <laughs> He's like, uh, "Do you guys want to come on set?" I'm like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> yes. Are you yeah. kidding me? Of course. He's uh, "You've never been," and I'm like, "What? Why is he saying you've never been?" <laughs> no, like, like everybody just is like, "Yeah, I've been to the set of Jane the Virgin." <laughs> yeah, he, or I've um, been to a set of anything. Like, <laughs> right. okay. To be fair, like. I, uh, as a school field trip, we actually did go to a movie set, uh-huh. um, uh, and my brother has to, so I kind of know yeah. how they are. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I waited in line for 11 hours to see a taping of Friends, and we finally got in, and we only got to see, like, probably not even 10 minutes, and it was over, because what? That, we, I guess after they fill the seats... Um, they would every time anyone would leave, they would just let people trickle in. But we didn't actually get to get in until like the very, very end. And mm-hmm. we, I mean, we saw it. We were in there. I can say that I experienced it. But um, it was uh, a long day. <laughs> wow, eleven hours. So an actual yeah. invitation to just come right in—that's <laughs> yeah. VIP treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Completely, yeah. And I actually am current on Jane the Virgin, and that's. Saying a lot of this, sh- uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I think it's amazing. And the thing is, um, it, I used to watch it on Hulu, and then um, Hulu could no longer stream it because the CW got their own right, app. Right, yes. And mm-hmm. the CW's app is free, but my Apple TV doesn't have the CW app, so I end up watching it on my laptop oh, or okay. on on my iPad or whatever. Yeah. And it really takes out takes you out of what you normally do, like your routine, to go and try to watch a show on your, you know, on a whole different app that you have to log into. and then Yes, uh, that's why I stopped watching CW shows because when they took everything off Hulu, I was like, that's like one too many steps that I need to go through. So I'll just wait till it comes on Netflix. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. But uh, I got to say, I do take that extra sip for Jane the Virgin ah. and I did take that extra sip for iZombie. Honestly, that means a lot. That yeah, does. That does mean yeah. a lot. That does. Um, I, 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 I dropped uh, The Flash. I dropped Arrow. Mm-hmm. I dropped uh, a Riverdale. But oh, Jane yeah. the Virgin, I continue to watch. Mm-hmm. And um, and even the placement of like their episodes is not really friend- user-friendly. Huh. At least not I don't feel that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I go and I search it out. Yeah. Just because I really love the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, p- 
probably okay, we, something <laughs> lesser known about Anthony Mendes, uh, besides the fact uh, his role of being the narrator on Jane the Virgin, is that he is also a comic book creator, which I never would have ever guessed um, and have never um, seen any of these titles uh, around before, which um, now that we do know this. I'm so excited to be able to share with other people so that they also know this part of Anthony and his creativity. Um, and so today what uh, we're doing is we are reviewing two of his books, the very first ever comic written by him called Pedro and Miso. And the second one is, I don't know how much long uh after the first one it came out i don't remember reading any of that info but it's called mike tomb um and it's mike tomb unrest in peace and there's actually some interesting tidbits about that too but i guess we can just start with the first one uh pedro and miso yes uh first of all i gotta i gotta i gotta say i really like the kind of uh the nod to the spider-man a spider-man cover um Kristen, do you know what Spider-Man cover that is? It's uh, Amazing Fantasy 15. Oh, look mm. at that. I knew she would know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it because she actually uh, is uh, an inspired uh, uh, a character that also was yes. uh, inspired uh, inspired that cover. Uh, Eddie did an Amazing Fantasy 15 uh, art print uh, of him of me actually <laughs> carrying him yeah. and the the best thing I love about that is that he initially uh, I think he initially drew it with with shoes on me <laughs> and then he was like no something's not right and he, and he changed it and he added chanclas yeah and, I know. and there's one uh, one of the chanclas on my feet is like barely hanging as I'm swinging through the air oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to look for that because I know you were wearing chanclas but I didn't uh, remember seeing one of you hanging off yeah. a little bit uh -huh. but yes uh, there's a there's a honorable mention, a, a kind of a, what would you call it, like fan art inspiration or? An homage. Homage. Yeah. Gracias. Mm -hmm. I was like really struggling yeah. to find the word. <laughs> he says that he was very inspired by um, a lot of that uh, storytelling uh, during that comic era. And mm -hmm. so he wanted to, um, to really kind of put that uh, like feel mm -hmm. uh, on his comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we uh, I'm gonna go right into it. Uh, we start off with uh, Pedro Pedro Paredes, and he is a, a kid that lives on the streets, um, and his he has a best friend who's a cat named Miso. Yes, so he's homeless. Yes, and how old do you think that he is? I, don't um, I believe he I said he was ten years old. Okay, in the comic. ten. Okay, yeah. I how oh, because. Uh, another thing to point out about uh, Pedro is that he is super smart. Mm -hmm. He's like beyond intelligent. Like I feel like there are certain conversations he has that where he's like problem solving, and I don't know. It's just amazing. Yes. I like. I really like that. Uh, in uh, kind of in multiple panels, there are um, there are scenes where he's kind of looking at a situation, and there's math equations that are like hovering over his head as mm -hmm. if to what I got from that is if like it was showing the reader that his mind is working in all these complicated ways trying to figure out and calculations the, the, yeah and calculate yeah. the best way to get through this situation and it kind of made me think of moon girl yes oh, yeah nice. yeah, yeah. and so that was kind of cool I really liked that I really liked um showing I, I liked it visually showing that mm -hmm. he's super smart um but then also kind of that contrast of him being a street kid basically mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and like the the kind of like the attitudes that we associate with like the homeless and stuff like theft and uh what we would say is petty theft and um uh, vandalism to him is just ways of survival. surviving yeah and yeah. i think he did a very good job with depicting that mm -hmm. depicting that uh he's a good kid stuck in a bad situation right yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did we talk uh did we hear or read about his parents, his situation, how he became homeless? No, they haven't touched on okay. that yet. They so have this is a panel. just issue one. Yeah, this yeah. is issue one. And there's a panel where uh, he describes, uh, he's very attached to these comic books, these books that he actually ended up leaving behind because he had to run away from the cops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he, he actually was desperate to get them back because in one of them, it's a to, to Pedro from, P, from dad. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. it was like, 
in the panel, which was a flashback, you see that his mom was like, see, he does love you. Mm -hmm. So I guess what happens was, um, and I got some insider information because of the interview. Um, he said that it has very much to do where, with um, how when your parents, you know, you grow up and they're always working. Mm -hmm. And they have it, don't really have time to kind of play with you and take you out and stuff like that because their main goal is to put a roof over your head and mm -hmm. food in your in your belly. Um, so um, sometimes that doesn't, the kids don't understand that that's like their way of telling you they love you. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead mm -hmm. of like, you know, um, whereas now you constantly remind them, okay, I love you right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, like especially uh, first generation parents that actually immigrate to the U.S., they're like really focused on work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where that was inspired from, that kind of scene and that um, attachment he has to this book that is dedicated to him from his dad. Mm -hmm. um, because we know his dad is, is gone. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where he got that inspiration and that's why he try to portray that in the in these panels i found it really interesting there's um i don't know if it was in the book or something that i read on the internet that uh anthony himself was inspired to create pedro from his own childhood experiences of basically pretending to be a, a, a child superhero yeah and he has like um uh, on the front of the comic he has like a little um uh letter kind oh, of I okay guess, to so the that's reader. where i read it <laughs> yeah and he says that yeah that he when he was younger he and he would play um, he was uh, web kid yeah that was the <laughs> yeah. name of his yeah <laughs> he was yeah. Web, he would pretend he was spider-man <laughs> <laughs> um um but um that the kind of the place that this story takes place in is the neighborhood that he grew up in mm -hmm. yes uh -huh. that's right yes and i think that's really really cool because mm -hmm. you can kind of in the artwork you can kind of like see that little detail and yeah. stuff like that um, but what I really, really liked about this is the kind of, um, uh, the, the more like mature tones mm -hmm. to it as well. And that kind of like, as he's doing his own thing, he's trying to get his comics back. You can kind of see in the background stuff that is very real uh -huh. to today's topics like gentrification. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yes. And uh, like kind of like police, uh, not brutality, but, but definitely indifference, mm -hmm. kind of. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or especially, I, I don't want to cut you off, especially that one guy uh, uh, who was talking to Pedro when Pedro tossed his trash. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, my God, you people are so dirty. Was like, he a police officer? He was no. a police detective. Detective, yeah. Uh, a detective, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like. Because I mean, yeah. there's also some corruption going on. Oh, in absolutely, here too. yes. Like, like there's there's a whole slew of yeah. things. You got government conspiracy going on, gentrification, police brutality. Yeah. Like there's like there's uh some heavy stuff in here, but it's all kind of like this is all happening around him. Mm -hmm. The story is very much focused on him and him being a kid and yeah. him trying to. In this issue, him just trying to get his comics back. Right. And <laughs> right. I think that's, exactly. there's a certain charm to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, and I I really like that. Uh, you see, the, you meet another worker. Uh, her name is Dominga, and she works for uh, what I'm thinking is a nonprofit. It's called Activo, working for our children. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so you see that too, the part of the people in the community that are trying to protect their community, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I really liked liked her. I want to see what happens with her. I feel like she's gonna die. <laughs> oh no! Like I feel like these people that are trying to buy up uh, all the buildings around to you mm -hmm. know for gentrification purposes or whatnot and uh i feel like she's standing in their way and i feel like she's in danger i don't think she's going to die if i had to speculate about what's going to happen i think she's going to take pedro in mm. oh snap uh, <laughs> i didn't even think of that but you're cat, right uh, we've been talking about pedro this That's whole time right. but yes. oh yeah i was gonna say there is there, another title there character. is another titular character to it. his name is miso and miso uh as sarah told us is dominican for cat or at least that's what um uh, dominicans call cats interesting right. uh -huh. sort of like uh mexicans calling cats bichos uh -huh. bicho, bicho 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 i've never heard that really yeah, yeah. oh i mm, grew up with that bicho bicho and i was I've like what it, yeah. is that um mm -hmm. and like we call kitty 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Same thing. So I'm they call it miso, miso, miso. What did my grandmother call? She always had cats, but what did she call them? <laughs> <laughs> my mom. I, now that you think of my my grandma and my mom call cats a certain 
word, but I can't recall what it is right now. Which is funny because there's a bunch of cats. Uh, like my yeah. my neighbor has like five cats, and they're always like at our by our house, and my mom's always chasing them all. I'm like, get out of here! But <laughs> I am blanking out on the word right now. Hmm. Um, hopefully, I'll, maybe I'll remember next time. So the interesting about me, interesting thing about me, so is that um, Pedro appears to be able to communicate with. Is it a him or a her? I don't I'm going to say know. him. Okay. Mm-hmm. He totally reminds me of Salem the cat. Yeah. <laughs> like he has that little toot. I love it. Um, and uh, he, ve- he very much is kind of like his, uh, his Jiminy Cricket, uh, Pedro's Jiminy Cricket, trying yeah. to get him to have a conscience and to make good decisions. Salty, sassy Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things I noticed, because I read it twice, I was like, I think that... <coughs> Pedro is the only one that could communicate yeah. with me so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if that's all in his head yeah mm-hmm. or if it's really actual communication like the the cat actually talks mm-hmm. but we see that the cat belongs to Dominga mm-hmm. yes so because he's like he's like well you're you're a street cat he goes no I have a home yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Cause th- they have this cute little conversation banter like for instance he's like oh you're so emotional or you're so salty or something like that mm-hmm. and he's like oh it's just it's probably because I'm neutered and <laughs> he's like it's all the fault of the one game show host guy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like a direct reference to the Price is Right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, what was his name Bob Barker, Bob Barker. don't yeah. forget to spade or neuter your pets yeah. so yes. yeah I thought that was cool like a throwback I think yeah. Drew Carey still does it yeah. really well i haven't seen you carry <laughs> as the host of the well, price is right i don't watch the price is right because it's like what time does it even take place it's like early in the morning yeah, it's like yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning yeah. oh jesus christ no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i it's really cool that this book is available on comiXology it is a digital uh right now we have the um the paper, the what do you call it? The in print copies, <laughs> the in print copy. Um, but you can also um, get yes, we have a floppy. Uh, you can also pick it up on Comixology, and so if and you, they actually have issues two and three also on yes, Comixology, uh-huh. which I wanted to get before we started recording, but I just had no time. Uh, but I was kind of really, I really want to know what's going on with the story. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, because we have another book to go um, and uh, some other things to talk about that one. Let's, you want to save the reviews for the end or yeah. you want to yeah, do it let's now? Do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's save it to the end. Okay. So Mike Tomb, guys. How do yes. you guys? Mike Tomb. Mike Tomb, was it? Re- uh, unrest in peace. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unrest in peace. Uh, when I read that, I call all I could think about was the word, what I say a lot now. Rest yes, in rest in pieces. <laughs> rest in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. Thanks to so, my gaming group. When I read it initially, I was really confused about a whole slew of things in this particular book. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went online to do some research for notes and also read in this book as well, some uh, of his info in the back, mm-hmm. um, that some of the things kind of resonated and I understood a little bit better and I had a little bit more of an appreciation for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, one of those things is that this particular storyline is about Michael Gonzalez, who is um, part of a family who owns a tomb business a tomb making business uh-huh. like not grave, tomb, uh, not gravestone. tomb gravestone gravestone yeah <laughs> mk mortuaries <coughs> monuments Monument. mk monuments sorry yeah. and uh and he's dominican american and um that particular those two particular things are in this story because uh anthony himself is Dominican American and comes from a family who has a family-owned business that creates tombstones, mm-hmm. and that he's the only one in the family who is not in the family business. What? I thought that was like super. I mean, what a interesting family business. I'm sure when you're in it and it's your family, you're like, oh, this sucks. But mm-hmm. I found it so fascinating. I mean, it's a job. The like, plot thickens. How what he said in like his letter in the back, how he says like when people, most people are in cemeteries, they either recall fond memories mm-hmm. or they kind of find it a little bit morbid. Yeah. Um, but he thinks about, huh? Where was like, or, like wh- where did this? Where did the tomb, like the gravestone, yes. yeah, uh, stone come, come from? from. Mm-hmm. Like um uh like basically it's like schematics and stuff like that and I think that like that's you're like yeah like it's something that you know so you'd be like like huh like 
architecture stuff like that like he said like tomb size what are the city limits on stuff like that and Mm -hmm. that was interesting in itself too i'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that that business like that you know being involved in that business Mm -hmm. and just the regular lay person doesn't yeah because i'd never thought of that i was just like uh, to me it's just like a a graveyard's a graveyard yeah yeah (laughs) no and it's true like um when we were trying to purchase one we had to stick to a specific design and specific indications on what we can and could not put on it mm-hmm. because of the area she was buried in because all the areas have names oh mm-hmm. yes like uh mm-hmm. she's in the uh, uh chime winds something like that mm-hmm. chamber of winds anyway so the the idea is that they all had kind of like their um design along and so you can't just do whatever you want yeah which i would have wanted to do like, right oh, yeah like, mm-hmm. let's throw all this stuff on it and yeah big old monument yeah. like yeah like uh me uh like uh was doctor who those angels with the covered oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i would totally go with that. <laughs> yeah and um um well, Pedro Miso was very kind of was very charming and very like heroic in its own way, mm-hmm. and um, um and it was very funny. superhero. Yeah, it was very superhero, mm-hmm. and it was funny. Um, uh, I think Mike Toom, uh, on Rest in Peace, is more serious in that it make it kind of like makes you think about these things about death and the passing away of not just loved ones but like family yeah especially family that you don't necessarily get along with yeah mm-hmm. or like but they're still family yeah of. it's it's a bit more heavier topics and not that they're like there's like more violence or stuff like that or like this it's more like in in the topics that it touches De- mm-hmm. definitely a lot more heavier topics there's um a page with some panels on it that um, you get some very visceral drawings of child the child abuse that Michael had actually experienced uh, at the hands of his father. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the story, we already know that his father is gone, but we um, were kind of seeing him grapple with, um, yeah, it's his father. He was physically abusive and there's like this, there's this dichotomy of how that makes a child feel towards i mean it's Mm. always your parents you always have this love but then there's this this resentment and other stuff that Mm -hmm. comes up from from the abuse and um i think we see a lot uh uh, of that building up towards more of the story in issue one well Mm -hmm. not only that and you throw on it on top of it a family business yes and not only that then we find out that the dad sold most of the shares yes and then he was reluctant to answer mail that was directly tied into the business it's just all over the like not all over the place but it's like so heavy Mm -hmm. on the topics of life and you know what you need to do and taking Mm -hmm. charge and uh, adulting as they say so i i felt really moved by this book i think there's a a lot of multi-levels of um michael gonzalez the main character of him dealing with his relationship with his father in many different ways through the through the business Mm -hmm. through him coming to terms and forgiving his father for the abuse but also we come to find out in issue one that he has developed a life-threatening illness that directly is a result of working at this business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually linked only to people that work yes. with uh, stones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was very sad. Yeah, very, yeah, very, uh, very like it was very sad and like very. And this is the funny thing is that this book has a fantastical element to it. Yes, as well, yes. very much. Uh, you want to talk about magical realism? Yes, this is very much magical realism. But I find it funny that the things that grabbed me the most was the were were the more real topics. Like mm-hmm. you, you get this mysterious figure who is who appears to Mike when he um uh, near death experience yeah near death experience and stuff mm-hmm. like that and he doesn't really seem to be aware of it right. or mm-hmm. it's just on like the periphery of mm-hmm. his of his vision but like there's a, there's a certain creepy element to that too as well but i think to me like what resonated with me with me the most was something that the figure said like it, like he's just like 
he he says something in the book that it was just like just because they're family doesn't mean you have to forgive them mm-hmm. for everything and i was just like hold oh, the oh, God. <laughs> I was just like, speaking to myself i was just like okay all right someone needs to give me a warning for this thing because i was not prepared <laughs> for these emotions today i was just like oh talk about issues like yeah. we like we like we touching on some heavy stuff here yeah. and like that resonated with me and i was just like Ugh yeah like, yeah I, I totally feel you up uh, for me that feeling uh was surfacing when he was reluctant to mm-hmm. um to do what he had to do as far as like opening his mail and actually doing something about that yeah. like mm-hmm. for a long time i was really reluctant to do that kind of stuff with the state and everything like that and it was just just i w- it was kind of putting me back there like it would have been easier had i tackled it and got rid of that whole scenario than dragging it on for mm-hmm. as long as I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that spoke to me. I was like, oh my God, uh-huh. I'm not the only one who does this. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I just, I, I just went to have like, and I checked the dates right now. Um, uh, Pedro Misa was released August, 2018. And a month later, Mike Toom. Wait, was August, 2018. Yeah. That's what it says inside. So uh, this year, this year. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. And then a month later it was um um Mike Toom. Unless unless like he but writing itself and getting stuff published right does take a while. Yeah. yeah. So while well, the script he could have worked on the script for a long number of Yeah, and I think he did say that uh, that years. he did work on the script and he actually talked to other people <gasps> yes, about it. I read mm-hmm. that in one of his interviews that he had yeah. worked on it for many many years. Yeah, yeah. and then he fi- cuz I think it was a script at first and I think yes. mm-hmm. then yes. he decided to go the comic book form. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Pedro I and Miso is something that he is making into what is called an action comic. So mm. he's doing like a video of it, like of stills, I guess. Oh, wow. That's okay. what he wants to do. I, I was reading some different some different interviews uh, on it. Um, and that was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And that's so cool because this could actually be on several platforms. So I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and having both uh, one, uh, two and three in Comixology is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, any final thoughts before we rate the books? Um. I just really like how kind of different the both both books They're are. They're very different from each They're other. They're very yes. very different from each other. And um, after reading my tomb and just look reading at Pedro Miso and knowing about what he's done, there is also kind of a difference in the style of mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. as well. And it's a I I always find that very interesting. I like going back like even with like um uh, writers and stuff like that. Like right now Tom King, like uh, Tom King is like everybody's favorite right now. And he's a he's a good writer and stuff like that. But when I first read some of his original stuff, and back when he was writing Grayson, I actually didn't like Grayson. But uh-huh. yeah, I didn't like how Grayson was written. But it wasn't until afterwards, once he's done Omega Man, Vision, yeah, and now Batman, you could see that he got a lot lot better. Yeah, and I especially love Vision. Vision's and amazing. And Sheriff of Babylon. Sheriff of Babylon was when I fell in love with his writing. Uh, that's uh, uh mm-hmm. Valiant, right? Sheriff of Babylon? No. Uh, oh. It was Vertigo. Yeah, Vertigo. It was, yeah. Uh, oh, it was wow, Vertigo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. Sheriff of Babylon? Oh, I don't know. It was, a, it, was a, it was either Vertigo or Image. I want to say oh, Image, but... It might have been... Yeah, I think it might have been Image. I think you're right. I might be... I'm most likely wrong. <laughs> uh, but I th- it might have been Image. But Sheriff of Babylon, it was It was basically an indie. Mm. Um, um, but just uh, going off of that, it's... um. Uh, it's kind of like, I like seeing that, basically that kind of change yeah. as well. Uh, and for personally for me, for uh, I'm just going to jump right into rating it. Uh, Pedro and Miso, I will give it, uh, and for Mike Tomb on Rest in Pieces, I'm going to give them two conchas. Mm-hmm. Because first reading to me, it wasn't um, uh, Mike Tomb. It wasn't until towards the end, once I read it and stuff like that, that I was able to piece some stuff together. And I was just like, oh, yeah. okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and Pedro and Miso, like, um, it was it was good, but I could tell that the writing style, he wasn't, he hadn't quite had it down yet. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely see that by Mike Toom, it's, uh, his writing has gotten a lot better. Uh, but I think he could do more, and I'm very much more interested in seeing what else he has to do. So for right now, I will give it two conchas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, 
that my thoughts are very similar to what Jen's are with both the books. Um, and I'm also giving both Pedro and Miso and Mike Toom two conchas each. And I really enjoyed um, the story in both of them that I think I haven't gotten yet. Does that make sense? Like, I think both of them are, were really good ground work for great stories that I think are going to be coming, uh, that, that things are going to come together in future issues. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there was a lot of, in the first one, definitely, um, or Pedro and Miso, definitely I think that um, you can tell it's a first comic, if that makes yeah. sense. Like it's somebody's first comic. Yeah. Um, the second one, again, like Jen said, the writing is, I mean, totally different, which I love. I love when, when creators do that. Um, but like I mentioned in the beginning, I was kind of confused and not until I did more background research and got some kind of personal information about it, did I understand more of the story and kind of like Jen said, piece some things together of what was going on. Um, and I am after reading that and after getting more, um, information, am interested to continue to read and want to read any follow-up, uh, stories and am really excited to see in particular where Mike Toom goes because one of the things that um, in interviews Anthony talks about is that this book is um, a lot about forgiveness mm-hmm. and I that really intrigues me yeah. with um, with this story. Um, this is Sarah and yeah it's very difficult to rate a comic based on just the first issue yeah um, mm-hmm. so uh, we de- we usually review uh, trade paperbacks yes, where there's like a story arc uh, at what at least five to six issues in trade paperback so we get more of a meat the meat of the story uh, but I'm gonna go with three only because I really love all the characters I think I identify with all of them especially the cat I love. Uh, which I didn't expect because I'm a dog person. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I really, uh, I can't wait to see who the man in the black suit is. I call him the man in the black hat, but reading more about his uh, stuff in the back of the pages was is more of the man in the black suit. So I'm, I'm excited about that, the paranormal aspect of Mike Tomb. And also I want to see what goes on with um, Pedro because I want to know, I want to know more of his background story with his parents. So I'm going to go with Tres Conchas. And I guess that concludes our review of the books. Dos Conchas from Jen and Kristen and Tres from Sarah. All right, guys. um, Pick it up if you get a chance. Oh, actually, (laughs) I wanted to. Is there something in the book that tells us where we can pick up this particular these particular books? Um, Pedro and Miso on Comixology, but is Mike Toom also available on Comixology? I did not look uh, for Mike Toom on Comixology. Okay. But we're definitely going to post up a link. Yeah, we'll and post it, it. Yeah, you can follow him on Twitter, on Instagram. I don't think he has a Facebook, but yes, we'll definitely post up that link. All right, guys, it's time for On My Radar. Yes. So I have an interesting on my radar today. Um, It's a book that just came out this week, which is, let's see, October 3rd already. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That was Wednesday. Yeah. Um, (laughs) New comics this week was on October 3rd. Okay. So uh, (laughs) um, there is a book that came out called Juke Joint. (gasps) Yes, I saw that. And... I don't even know what that could even be from the title. (laughs) (laughs) So, Juke Joint is written by T. Franklin, and you might know or remember T. Franklin from another one of our on um, my readers, or maybe Juntos, I don't even remember, but she wrote Bingo Love. So, if any of you have read Bingo Love, you know T. Franklin. I love Bingo Love. Yes, it's such a great story. It's so cute. Um, But this book is all about a club that um, is kind of like a... Geez, I want to say that this is like a bitch planet on steroids type of <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a bold statement. <laughs> um, so 
this book uh, T has been writing for quite some time and it's very timely that it's come out now with all the the Me Too movement and all the stuff that's going on um, with Kavanaugh and things like that but um, this book specifically deals a lot with domestic abuse racism and social injustice and it's a five issue horror miniseries set in a brothel slash jazz club that touches on these issues Um, and she herself wrote it to help her deal with her own past trauma and I read some of the pages I read the preview and um, basically there are rules that you have to um, that you have to follow in juke joint Um, keep your hands to yourself respect everyone and follow the rules and uh, as I said it's a brothel slash uh, jazz joint and if any of the men do not follow the rules they pay for it dearly um with it, their lives no i don't know yes it's a horror it's <laughs> okay. a horror uh comic and uh, one of the panels that i read was this this guy who was trying to force himself on this woman and the bouncer came and said you didn't follow the rules you you're out of here and out in the forest the there was a woman that um said is telling him i, I can give you what you need or whatever and starts kissing him and literally swallows and bites off the, his lower jaw. Wow. <laughs> and so um, one of the interesting things about Juke Joint is that this is the first image series written by a black woman, drawn by a black woman, colored by a Thai woman, and lettered by an Argentinian man. So it is a book full of um, people of color creators. And uh, it's just, it's, what I've read seems so amazing. I haven't read the whole mm-hmm. issue because I meant to bring it home to read for my on my radar and I left it at home. So I just was able to read what I could find on previews online. But it looks amazing. The art looks amazing. Oh, yeah. And the cover in, art also grabbed me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, Image is um, doing domestic violence covers for October. October is Domestic oh. Violence Awareness Month. And one of the covers is um, a domestic violence um, mm-hmm. uh variant cover yeah. and all of the proceeds from those particular covers are going to uh, charity mm-hmm. so and also uh, T is very very proud of the fact that in the back of all of these books she is going to have a space for survivors quote-unquote um, in the back of each issue there will be a chance for readers to tell their own stories of survival whether it be in comic form poem form or prose or essay and they will be published and you will be compensated for it wow. so if mm-hmm. you yourself have a story that you want to share that you um are interested in maybe having published in the back of Juke Joint, you can send an email to Juke Joint Comic. That's J-O-O-K-J-O-I-N-T comic at gmail.com and put your um, put your artistic creativity up for um, maybe being part of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing further that I wanted to say, um, I mentioned that my, my on my radar kind of flows into my Juntos y Fuertes. Um, my Juntos y Fuertes, <laughs> Fuertes <laughs> um, is um, an organization called Joyful Heart Foundation. And it is um, an organization that has uh, been was founded by Mariska Hardigay. You might know her as a detective in um, Law & Order SVU. She's the founder, and the mission is to heal, educate, and empower survivors of sexual assault domestic violence and child abuse um you can find them at joyfulheartfoundation.org and the way reason why this ties into juke joint is um that is the organization that their um the money from their variant domestic violence cover is being donated to mm-hmm. wow. um and it's uh it's just what I read has been so amazing so far and mm-hmm. I'm just really excited to read more Definitely. Yeah, it awesome. sounds very interesting and it, it very timely as well. Cool. That that sounds awesome. I'm really interested to read the backstories on the back of the issue. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. True stories about survivors and what they had to go through. Mm-hmm. So I think this this is really cool. Like you said, bitch planet on steroids. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you're interested in uh, donating to um, 
violence, domestic violence organizations, and reading comics, definitely keep your eye out for those DV variant covers. And if you want to find out more about the organization that the proceeds of those covers are going to, you can find that out at joyfulheartfoundation.org. Cool. Right on. All right, guys, that has been our episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. And um, we are going to be at... Uh, oh, yes. Kale. Kale. It's C-A-L-E. Uh, it stands for I don't know what because <laughs> I am unprepared. <laughs> but we're going to have a table at, uh, at this kale. Um, and it's in South Central... Or East, it's it's in Watts, I believe. Watts. All right, I'm yes, so but off. I, I, uh, but it's October the twentieth. So yes, we're gonna be at Kale on October the twentieth. We have a table there, and we're gonna have some goodies, and hopefully we can ha- get our swag on time to give out swag as well. Yes. So uh, Kale is actually uh, a comic art and literacy expo that's what kale stands for and this is the second year that it has happened and it's sponsored by a place called home so those of you may know um about a place called home it's an organization organization in los angeles that helps um a lot of at-risk and high-risk youth and um the date is october 20th from 11 to 4 o'clock and it is at the bridge that's the name of the uh i guess the the um the site that it's going to be held on held at and the address is 2901 south central avenue in los angeles the zip code is 90011 and you can enjoy us all because we're going to be there for a day of comics art and literacy there's going to be free books free comics workshops and there will be artists and writers there um, sharing their own expertise Excellent. I'm so excited about that because mm-hmm. um, they're going to give us some free lunch. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> so come on down, guys. Support uh, support this wonderful uh, event. And it's free. So yes. definitely come on down. Uh, and a little side note, Comodacy Comics, not only will be there, but we, um, the person who um, first... I guess this was her brainstorm is Bernice um, Telly, who is the uh, artist of um, uh, Monty Gomez is a luchador. So um, that's that's another little Comodacy Comics connection. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye.